point of the soil works entry. Here's Kyle Larson. Last number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time. It's a 10. 145. Can he get under that track record? Second lap time for Larson. It's a nine second lap. We have a new track record. Nine points. Welcome to episode 16 of Quick Time the Podcast. BA is back with Jason and uh, Brad. What are you doing here? Shouldn't you be in Knoxville right now? Uh, now that uh, there's no football, no fall sports, I may have to make that trip and just hopefully I don't get that quarantine or the uh, COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, that'd be that'd be a bad thing to get. Uh, Jason, how was your week? How's it going? Uh, not too bad. Um, keeping busy at home again, you know, kind of lamenting no football, but you know, it's where we're at. It, it sucks, but we've we've got lots of racing, lots and lots of racing. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, we have a ton of racing. There's uh, big races this weekend. Three sixty nationals. Uh, saw Kerry Matson, the Aussie. Uh, Aussie's going back to back with that thing uh, with James McFadden winning last year. Did you guys get to catch any of that race? Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched. Let's see. Yeah, pretty much the whole uh, about the la- through the C fe- from the C feature out. So I watched all of that. Um, obviously, Kerry is just an absolute master of that track, and uh, it's always, you know, I I think Kerry Matt. Sometimes I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me. I think sometimes Kerry Matson's talent is is underappreciated in the sprint car world because that guy can bring it wherever he goes. He's not just a Knoxville guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's definitely on a roll. I mean, he's in contention to win most places wherever he goes. So he's definitely have a lot of laps around a lot of racetracks around the country. He earned that win in more ways than Ruin, too, because uh, he raced at uh, Knoxville on Thursday. Then he drove down to Peavley, Missouri to race in the Ironman 55. And then he drove back up and uh, took on uh, took on the A feature on Saturday night to win that thing. So I, I think we, we mentioned this in the, a couple earlier podcasts. He's just kind of snake bit. He gets caught up in other people's stuff and then sometimes he's just so dang aggressive that it costs him uh, with some contact but uh um finally got that first one of the season uh in the in the two car and uh, uh fifteen thousand dollars richer because of it yeah definitely so uh you mentioned the iron man i caught most of that race uh kyle larson doing kyle larson things again <laughs> unbelievable yeah that's all i can say uh, i didn't get to watch any of the highlights i was at a at a lake house all weekend long and um Miss most racing, but uh, I tried to catch up a little bit on Monday, but Kyle Larson is just amazing. Yeah, it was a really, really good show. And one of the things that, you know, is kind of everybody's kind of watching, I think it was Sheldon Hodge. He'll go just, you know, drives, you know, or uh, Jacob Allen, you know, drives around uh, Kyle Larson and you, and you see this and it's like, well, yeah, okay, which one of you set up for lap five and which one's ready to go on lap 55? <laughs> and as we saw, you know, in the end, it just became, um, Kyle just stepped up and it was it was a done deal at that point. So, you know, Johnny Gibson calling the best sprint car driver in the world, and I it's hard to argue with that. I don't I don't care who you're yeah, comparing sure. to. Yeah, definitely. We we got a big show, not as big as last week's. So we're gonna be uh, <laughs> we're gonna be joined with Mark Birch. He's the owner of the uh, chocolate covered banana wagon, uh, the one end where uh, Don Drow Jr. picked up the uh, Power Eye War Series victory over at Oski on Sunday night, and then uh, Shane Stewart is going to join the program. He's going to give us a little preview of Knoxville and talk about his, uh, his ride uh, this week with the 19 car. So it should be an exciting show. Uh, speaking of guests, or Shane Stewart, he uh, led most of that race at the Ironman. So uh, it was a 45-lap race, I think he would have. Yeah, he said, I wish it rained with, uh, you know, at lap 45 because 
yeah, the rain rain started pouring um, literally, you know, thirty seconds after the checker flag. So, um, but you know, that's just that's just the way it goes. He's been having a tremendous run this year. He found some stability, and now he's. I think you know, with that, he's been able to get into other rides and, and perform well too. So that that's got to help. I think he's got a crew chief, team owner that has a lot of faith and confidence in him, and that that's got to help him a lot because. I don't. I mean, I don't know anything about the CJB car, but I don't think that they had a lot of confidence in him, and uh, results just did not pan out very well for him on that track. So it's good to see him get going. He's a huge fan favorite. A lot of people love him. Yeah, he's. I mean, I can remember the first time I saw him race, and I I was a fan. And uh, so it's good to see him doing good things this year. Yeah, he's definitely showing he can still wheel that sprint car around, and you know he's in contention to win wherever he goes. That him and Bernie got that seventy one rolling. And uh, he's one of my favorite race car drivers, so it's, it's cool to have him on. Yeah, you know, fans around here in the Midwest, I, you know, ASCS. I remember, I remember racing him when he was just a you know pretty young guy with the uh, NCRA. So definitely been around many racetracks, many laps. It's and it's good to see some success with him. I don't know that you guys, uh, and we'll get into this when Shane gets online, but uh, um, he's driving the seventy-one car at Knoxville for the four, the the what is it called? Uh, the Cappy Classic, the one-time only Cappy yeah, Classic. Yeah, it's no matter what you but, call it, it's it's still I, it's still a nationals yeah, to me. It's still a three-day out on national. But anyway, he's uh, changing up the number. It's going to be a nineteen uh, car. It's going to be the Blue Max Special that uh, um, Bobby Marshall used to drive a lot. And so we'll talk about that. Now I've seen a re- artist rendering of it, and it looks beautiful out there. So I'm uh, kind of excited to see the real thing when they get it on the track. Yeah, and we're yeah. I mean, it looks like from the photos I saw of it, it is it's a great looking car. Yeah, definitely a piece of sprint sprint car history. And uh, for those you know not familiar with Bobby Marshall and that, and he he's a great follow on Twitter because he brings up a lot of uh, old school stuff, and it's he's a great account to follow just to see all the old school things. And you look back at kind of the early days of the World Outlaws, just it's just fascinating stuff. You wonder how they piece together a series that's what i was just gonna say how do they remember all that stuff that happened years and years ago it, it's amazing that they you always like to listen to former race car drivers talk about the old golden years because brad Doty's a good one he can talk to you about stuff that happened in 78 9 80 whatever and it just amazes me how that's how those dates roll off on their tongue and they know exactly what they're talking about yes yeah, way before my time but it's, <laughs> it's great to hear the history and the stories from from uh, the time that I wish I could have been a part of. so <laughs> We're going to be joined by James Rowland later on. Uh, we finally had a repeat winner at Eagle Raceway, Doug Lovegrove. Hey, didn't uh, Chad Cook talk about having him on that chassis dyno? For sure. Yeah, and I think some of that quick-time podcast mojo uh, transferred over, and he uh, got another victory. Yep. I think the, the time spent on that, uh, that uh, um, dyno, dyno. <laughs> the dyno uh, paid off well for, for Lovegrove. So, yeah, with that, let's, uh, let's get James on the horn. We'll uh, talk a little Eagle Raceway, then we will uh, kind of recap the weekend. It's time for Thunder Relived. We dig deep into the USAC vault to relive the heroes of Thunder from yesteryear. Relive all the thrills, spills, and greatest moments from USAC's sprint, midget, and silver crown history with a roundtable in-depth discussion from USAC's key figures, past and present. Watch Thunder Relived every Thursday and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Flow Racing. Now it's time for the Eagle Raceway Roundup with track announcer James Rowland. 
James, what's going on, buddy, man? How was your week? Man, it was overall not too bad. I got a new four-wheeler for out there, so it's kind of nice having something that starts up every time. Uh, I'm shifting back into the pit reporter role, kind of. Tom Grasso's hanging out with us uh, now through the Race Saver Nationals, so I'm kind of getting back into that mode, stepping away from the booth a little bit, but still having just as much fun. How about for you guys? Yeah, no, it was a pretty good week. I spent the uh, weekend uh, kind of watching Knoxville and uh, watched the Outlaws on Dirt Vision. Uh, yeah, I saw you nod at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since I've been out there, but hopefully uh, hopefully this week I'll get back out there. I just had to give you a little bit of shit on a Monday, or a Tuesday. Yeah. I, I week's, this, this week's not going as good as last week. No, you can I, see where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, football getting canceled with the Huskers, uh, you're probably in a down spot right now. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't know. I'm looking at the positives. I think we're going to be able to race a little bit further into the year if that really happens because everybody knows that dirt racing can't compete with Husker football. But if they're going to rule that out, I hope somebody steps up and can put some shows together for us. Yeah, I threw that out idea out today, too. It's like, you know what? We don't have to worry about the uh, old Husker footballs right now, so let's um, let's put some shows out there. I, I think after this year... Uh, you run a couple nights and it's a little bit chilly out. I think a lot of people will be uh, be okay with hanging out there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after we sat out there all summer in 90-plus degree heat. I think we could do for a couple of 50s nights at the races. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. I mean, cool nights, uh, a lot of cool air, get a lot of that horsepower eating up the track, so maybe we'll see some track records broken. Yeah, I like the sound of that. So uh, you mentioned uh, last time we had you on the podcast that you were looking for uh, – no repeat winners. Uh, Doug Logro spoiled your party. He picked up the feature win uh, Saturday night. Uh, kind of talk about what you saw with him. Um, Doug just, he definitely had the car to beat. Him and Nate, I mean, really the whole top five was cutting through lap traffic wonderfully, and that's something that you don't always get to see. I mean, there was only one incident the whole feature. Mike Boston got it over in three and four, but other than that, it was really just smooth sailing and you really saw a lot of talent come out when everybody got up through lap traffic. I really think if uh, a couple more cars would have gotten in their way and they would have had five more laps, you know, the classic story of five more laps, I think it could have really came down to a good battle between Doug and Nate. But Doug definitely brought the car to beat out there Saturday night. Yeah, Nate. I mean, you mentioned Nate. He's, I think that's one of his best runs out there recently. So, I mean, it's cool to see him on the front stretch. Uh, what else has been going on at the racetrack? Um, Shaylee Bade, she's really getting consistent this year. Every time she's been here, I'm pretty sure she's parked it on the front stretch. She won one. So that was pretty impressive. She definitely had kind of the charge of the field, at least mm-hmm. as far as the top four goes, ran it from eighth to third. So great run for her. And uh, I was actually really impressed with Tim Hilfiker's run. He started on the pole and ended up fourth. So you can kind of take that as it comes, but it looked like a really great run for the 20 crew. Yeah, it's good to see. I, you know, it's uh, it's nice to see some new names up there, and it's nice to see, I, you know, in some ways we're kind of maybe witnessing a little bit of the changing of the guard out there, starting to see some new names be uh, more consistent up front, and uh, still, you know, what is it, nine winners and ten nights? Uh, it's still a pretty competitive field out there for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's something that a lot of tracks can't say, whether they're running race savers or modifieds or whatever's going around in circles out there. You know, you don't get a lot of tracks to get like we get. For for those of us that weren't out there, uh, do you remember where Doug started? Uh, Doug actually started, I took notes this week. He started in position three, so he didn't exactly hard charger it through the field, but they, that weird car was definitely the class of the field. 
Well, when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, he said that they got that car rolling, and uh, uh, it's obvious if he uh, um, he's got two wins in what probably three or four weeks now. So that's uh, that's good for him. Uh, let's see. He won the weekend that I was gone, the twenty fifth. So yeah, two wins in three weeks, really. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lot of uh, parody out there. I know you mentioned you're you're uh, testing out a new mic, but we got some crease going on. It sounds like you're taking a shit in the background. Oh no, that's, that's definitely not what's going on. Actually, truth be told, you can edit it out if you want. But I'm actually sitting at work. It's probably this damn chair that I'm sitting in. But I took over a conference room to try and get good sound. Yeah, uh, you're not the first person to say that this sounded like a bathroom. It's, yeah, it sounds like you're rocking on an old wooden rocking chair or something. Yep, pretty no. much. I'll try to. I'll try to keep it stationary. Yeah. He can, he can say a rocking chair, but it still sounds like the squirts to me. <laughs> No, I got that out of the way about 45 minutes ago. Oh. <laughs> I'm one of the home field advantage kind of guys. You know, I had yeah. to, oh, you know, it was a quick bike ride. I'll just put it that way. Wow. A little TMI there. That, you won't, so, yeah, you won't catch anyway, this on, on Wing Nation. So this is, this is a well, hey, quick time pod exclusive right here. Quick time pod exclusive. Quick time potty exclusive. There, there you go. <laughs> so uh, we had, what, 32 cars out there this weekend? I mean, it was a, it was a good, uh, good, f- Car count. I mean, good field of cars. One of the higher ones we had in the, the past couple of weeks. You know, I actually found that pretty surprising with everybody. Like, I know uh, Joey Danley is the only guy that comes up offhand, but he went down to Knoxville to watch the 360 Nationals. I was kind of expecting a few less cars, but I think we're slowly but surely starting to get some more people in that want to turn some laps get ready for race saver nationals. Um, for some reason, I wish I would have wrote down the new guys' names because of course they're escaping me right now. I think there was a 43 and a 73. And I, I really feel like with that new rule that you don't have to run a race saver show to compete in the race saver nationals. I think that's going to maybe start bringing a couple more people in through the gates because I mean, even if you're a 360 guy and just want to come run this event for whatever, maybe you've never jumped into 305 before, why not get out there and turn some laps around the place you want to go out and try to win? Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully hopefully we get a, a bunch of guys who've never competed before with the 305s and uh, make that uh, Race Saber Nationals very interesting. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I, I still think, um, I looked at the pre-registered list, I think there was 94 pre-registered already. And I know that that doesn't necessarily always mean that that's how many they're going to get. There could be a couple more. There could be a couple less. But with just a couple days left for registration, uh, don't quote me on any cutoff dates. But I think we could still see a couple more people get on the list. And who knows, here in a couple weeks, we might end up seeing a record number of cars roll into place. Yeah, that'd be definitely nice, uh, especially with no football. So it'll give us something to talk about for a while. Exactly. That that is kind of going to be a bummer for me though, because I'm definitely used to listening to Nebraska lose before I go into the races on that Saturday of the Race Saver Nationals. So it will be a little bit different. But what the hell about this year has been normal? Not a damn thing, buddy. Not a damn <laughs> no. thing. All right. So uh, before we let you go, what's coming up this weekend uh, at the track? Um, Colby Ridge, and I just did an ad for this. Great clips. Yeah. presenting the uh, salute to the junior fan club um, a little bit up in the air right now, but the plan is to do some kids car rides. We're obviously going to have to approach that a little bit differently with the social distancing and stuff. We can't pick six or eight kids in, in each car. So we'll have to see how that goes. It's kind of up in the air right now, but we'll definitely have some kind of activity for the kids. Um, actually something that I'm doing, I found a couple of old checks from rain out nights. So I'm looking to find a way to, 
you know, just come up with something creative to give away those checks to a couple fans that might make their day. I've got, I saved back a couple from the SSNs for a couple of guys that aren't running anymore that maybe didn't get that feature win, kind of saving them up for a gag gift, but I'm going to try to mix it up a little bit with that too. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like a great idea to make some kids night out there. Um, Hopefully, if everything goes well, I'll have the Black Bandit back and my car will be fixed and I'll be out at the racetrack. So hopefully we'll see you this weekend. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. Thanks for jumping on, James. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Have a good week. See you. You too. All right. That was James Roland uh, live from the uh, bathroom wherever he's working. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know me. I don't have much to say about Eagle because they raced 305s and I'm still not there yet. Your so, options are getting so slimmer and slimmer so by the let's moment. Let's move on to the next topic. What do, we, what do we got now? <laughs> Shout out to Jack Dover. I hope he's doing well. hope he's healing up well. Everybody that's been a, a, around here hopefully knows that he was involved with a pretty bad crash up there in Oskaloosa on Sunday night and uh, took a ride to the hospital, got checked out. Sounds like he's okay with some bruises on um, lungs. Chest was pretty sore. But uh, he's got some healing to do, but uh, it looks like he's going to be able to race another day. Just got to get his car fixed, and hopefully he'll return to the track sooner than later. Yeah, it definitely looked like a nasty ride, Jack. To, uh, you mentioned your shout-out there to Jack at ASCII. Uh, another one, I want to shout-out uh, Jordan Mallett. There was another wreck at ASCII. A uh, bunch of cars got piled up, but uh, Roger Crockett's car, the cockpit, caught on fire, and Jordan Mallett, he stopped right in front of it, jumped out of his car without hesitation, ran up to Roger and helped get him out of that car, so... It takes a special set of balls to do something like that. Oh, no kidding. It seems like they've tore up a lot of equipment that night. I, I didn't see a lot of the highlights, but, man, the ones that I did see, it seems like they tore up a lot of equipment. And I'm going to give my shout-out to Nick Lingenfelter. Um, up north, he raced, uh, had a nasty crash at US 30 in the uh, Sprint Series in Nebraska race. It was bad enough to tear up the catch fence to effectively end the races for the night. Um, they deemed it just wasn't safe to keep continuing on, but... Lo and behold, uh, Monday he was out at the track with equipment and helping repair the fence. So I want to give him special shout-outs. Uh, not often you see racers going in and uh, repairing the damage that they did, but um, special shout-out to Nick. Yeah, that, I mean, that kind of story reminds me of a story I heard with Tyler Courtney and uh, with uh, Tim Cla- Tim Clawson, where uh, Tyler ran his uh, Tim's car one night and destroyed it, and uh, he didn't think Tyler would show up at the shop anymore because he wrecked the stuff. But Tyler shows up, and he's like, I can race your shit. I can help fix your shit, so... Well, it just tells you the character of the, of the guys, uh, if, if they're willing to take their next day and take time out of their schedule to help repair that, that's that's props to them. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll change gears a little bit. We'll jump on the horn here with uh, Mark Birch and uh, talk a little wingless racing with the Power Eye series. Hey, you damn right I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammates, Steve Kent. Pisser, piece of shit. All that stupid ass flagman. They got a dumbass flagman that can't see. All right, race fans. Hey, we got uh, Mark Birch on the on the line right now. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, his uh, his big win on Sunday night uh, in the in the 1M machine that uh, he was over in Oskaloosa for. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the race. Uh, it was the ultimate, 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 challenge. ultimate, ultimate challenge. Uh, Don Drow Jr. aboard the the one on my chocolate covered banana wagon. So, uh, how, how did the evening go? Did it uh, was it an easy weekend, or easy day, or was that something that uh, you just worked through and it it, it took off and you guys uh, ended up taking care of the win? Well, uh, on the nights that we've been that we've had good success, like when we won earlier in the year at Lakeside. 
um, it's, it's just really important to, uh, unload with a, a, a good idea of what you need in the race car so that your driver has confidence in the car right away in hot laps. And because the key to winning that race was going from eighth to second in the heat race that, that put us up front and gave us an opportunity to win. Um, so yeah, I mean, things went pretty good from the get go. And when we raced at Knoxville for the corn belt nationals, um, we didn't, we weren't good when we unloaded. And I thought I could take some of the things that I, that I learned at, uh, Lakeside and apply that at Knoxville. Um, and, and that, that didn't work. So we struggled at Knoxville until the final night, you know, and, and actually it was kind of a blessing, uh, that, that we got to run some B features at Knoxville because it got us more time on the track and we got better. And, and so, uh, so to answer your question, um, it didn't go terribly bad. Um, we had to make some minor adjustments, uh, as the night went on. Uh, but the track stayed pretty consistent, even though they had a ton of water on it early, uh, you know, hats off to Terry and his family and, and uh, country builders and sage fruit for putting that event on for us to race because it was, it was a really nice purse. I think it was a really good race. And um, you know, we, we've had some pretty good history at Oskaloosa and, and, and so it was a fun race for us to win. And, and uh, yeah, it was a super, super rewarding and exciting win for us. You bet. Well, Don, you, Don had to work for it. You guys just didn't get a, it wasn't a cakewalk. Uh, he had some competition there. So it was awesome to see you guys, uh, get that $4,000 win. Uh, um, you guys have been together. I think I saw a post on Facebook today that you guys have been together like 38 years and yeah. ni- 19 years of persistence. Uh, that one M is a pretty popular car. And so it's always good that Don's been able to drive everything and anything and, and the wings, non wings, midgets, sprint cars. So it's great to see you guys back together and, and having some success. Well, you know, Don and I have been friends for since I was 16 years old. So, you know, 30, whatever. I'm not very good with numbers, so I don't know what the math is on that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, so, I mean, for a long time. And, and, and as you said, I mean, I've been fortunate to race with some really good racers, but I've never, I mean, I only raced one time without a wing, and that was in 2001 at Oskaloosa when Terry had the first, just the exhibition race. And, and if you want the whole story on that, it's actually pretty good, um, in my opinion. Go and, for and it. My, and, and, yeah, and at like my age, here. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I just tell stories to amuse myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> But but we, we went to the 2001 Knoxville Nationals really uh, being, uh, you know, right in the points battle with Terry at Knoxville. We'd run really well with the Outlaws a few times. We'd won at Husits. We'd won some NCRA 410 races. So we really had a lot of confidence in our program. And so what I did was I took my backup car and my backup motor and put all my new body stuff on it so it looked like my Knoxville Nationals car. But it wasn't. And so we ran that at the Front Row Challenge. And that was the year that we passed Danny Lasoski on the last lap of the dash to win the challenge. And I mean, that was probably one of my favorite nights in, in racing was that particular night at Oskaloosa. But what nobody else knew was we ran the non-wing race too. And the non-wing car was my Knoxville nationals car with my Knoxville nationals motor. And I'm standing there. I'm like, well, 
Uh, what kind of idiom am I? Everything I own is out on the racetrack tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a huge amount of risk. And, of course, when Don went out to hot lap the non-wing car, uh, he forgot it didn't have a wing on it. And, I mean, he went into turn three and hauled that thing off there and went all the way around the guardrail. And, uh, you know, I mean, it it, it, it kind of opened both of our eyes. It's like, okay, hang on. We got to. We got to woe it up here a little bit, but, <laughs> but that was a, that was a really fun night. I got to watch that dash with one of my heroes, uh, Bob Trossel. And, um, you know, it, uh, it's just, it's just a great memory. And, and so to, to be able to even, you know, I, I know Don's considerably younger than I am, if you ask him, <laughs> uh, but you know, and Rod just celebrated his birthday this last weekend too. That's so, right. Uh, for us uh, as friends and, if, you know, uh, brothers, if you will, uh, um, to, to be able to give a little glory to God and and to be uh, gracious and, 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 and be thankful and to be able to celebrate our, our what talents the Lord gave us and to have some fun together and and to win a race like that is a huge blessing for us. So we're, we're extremely grateful. Yeah, you mentioned that, you know, going back, you, you had junior drive for you back in the late 90s, early 2000s. You guys were one of the top dominant teams here in the state. Uh, you guys kind of took a break a little bit from each other. Uh, you've had some other drivers, Chad Houston, Lasowski, Billy Alley drove your car before. Kind of what led back to you teaming up with, with junior? Was it just something you guys just want to go out and have fun? or? No, I mean, I, I, I look at it this way. I, I, I'll tell another story. And um, when I hired Doug Wolfgang, um, I went to I-80 Speedway the first night and Doug showed up and I'm not going to say who it was, but you know, one of the other car owners came, came over to me and they're like, well, how the, you know, this isn't right. This isn't fair. You got Doug Wolfgang. I'm like, well, yeah. He goes, well, that's not fair for us. And I go, well, did you call him? He's yeah. like, <laughs> no. I said, well, you should have called him. Phone works both I ways, go, buddy. Yep. Right. I said, but he was my second choice. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I called Steve Kinzer first, and he said no. <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, the, the car owners, as a car owner, you always want to get the best driver you can. And and as a driver, you want to always get in the best car, you know? I mean, there's a lot of guys that would love to drive for Paul Silva, and there's a lot of guys that would love to drive for Davey Brown, and there's a lot of guys that would love to hire Lance DeWeese, and there's a lot of guys that would love to hire Kyle Larson. You know, and that's just how it is. The good guys always get in the good cars. I've been really fortunate to have a fast race car. And, and I owe a lot of that to to Don Drought Sr. for allowing me to work on his car first. Uh, for Junior, taking me on the road with him when he was driving for guys like Gary Masato and Didi Durham. And, and, uh, uh, and, and then ultimately what happened was is I started my own team in 1994 – and we were going to run some 360 races while, to fill in while Don was running some 410 races. And so we raced together in 94, 95, and, and uh, 96. And, uh, I mean, the first year, I think we won five races, which was pretty good for a brand-new team, I thought. And, you know, I think the last year he drove for me, I think we won 17 races. And then he had an opportunity to go drive for Craig Cormack, and, um, I tried really hard to get a job on that team as a mechanic and I would have just left my stuff to honestly, to, to go race with them. But, but they had some really great guys, uh, uh, Dean North got, you know, he's passed away. God bless him. And, 
and Tony and, and the rest of those guys, they were all really good guys and, and he had plenty of help. So, so it, it kind of left me in a position where I, I couldn't go to the big ASCS races that I wanted to go to with Don. And so we just kind of went our own ways for a little while yet still remain friends, you know? And, and I think, um, even when I've had a lot of other people drive for me and, and I, you know, I'd go help them occasionally with their family car or something like that. We still always remain really good friends through everything. Um, and, and that's the nature of the sprint car racing business. I mean, you're no, no driver's going to drive for a car owner forever. Uh, it just, it just doesn't work that way. But now we're a little older and, and we don't like to work so hard and, and, um, you know, we just want to go and, and do it on our own terms. It's, I, we don't fish. We don't, I mean, well, I guess I do occasionally, but I mean, yeah, it's not like I, we're seeing the pictures. Your son yeah, fishes. Yeah. You just watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and don't hunt. You know, we don't play golf. We don't, we don't, we, you know, we don't run marathons or, you know, we don't have a lot of outside hobbies. So, I mean, we really just like to focus on racing and, and one of the advantages and things that I like is we like to work together. Uh, we like to work in the shop together as a team. And and uh, Ed Ops been helping us again, who who comes clear back from the '90s too. And and we got to see our friend Todd Devenich this weekend at Knoxville, which was great. And um, and Rod and Don are always out at the shop, and and um, it's just fun to work together and then have success together because it makes it all worthwhile so back to answer your you know your, your question of you know how does it how do you come back to that well you know he's a really good race car driver and um he has midget you know he's raced with skip smith and he raced for bob east and and terry Clatt and you know uh dean ward and those guys and so he's got a lot of non-wing experience and we just really thought it would be fun to 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 go run some non-wing stuff and when you look at the cost factor of racing, I mean, I can go run a non-wing race on two used tires and a motor that has 27 races on it, and I can't go do that with the World Outlaws, you know? It's going to cost me twice as much in tires. It's going to cost me three times as much in motor expense, and, you know, uh, and you're going to go beat your head against the wall against some of the toughest guys out there that do it for a living, and, and we don't do it for a living, and so for us to go do what we've done this year and last year, trying to get our feet wet in the non-wing thing, um, you know, he's the best guy for the job. And it just happens to be that he's he's also one of my best friends in life. Kind of brings me to my next question. Uh, you guys have had two stints together for, for extended period of times here. How, how has – well, I guess this is probably a couple-part question. How has he changed from your first stint to your second stint and you changed – I mean, I would guess that early on you guys were both pretty intense and win, 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 win. Now, now I'm I'm assuming that you guys are kind of enjoying the ride and and trying your hardest to win, but yet you're still you're still enjoying the ride. Uh, how how has your relationship changed, developed, however you want to say it, from the first go around to to now? Well, I I ask myself that question every day, actually, because some some days I go back and I get my notebooks out from 1995 or 1994, and I look at it and I'm going, I didn't know anything about a sprint car, and here I did everything right, and here I've raced for 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 26 years or you know almost 27 years, and and sometimes I think I don't I'm like, what are you doing? You know, like I haven't learned a damn thing, <laughs> and so. Um, uh, 
in, in regards to him and, and, you know, he, he drove for me at the beginning and and I'll tell you right now, my team would not be what it is today without having Don Drow Jr. Drive for me in 1994. There is no way because we raced a lot and, and having Doug Wolfgang in my corner, he taught me how to be a racer. Uh, and then, and then getting back to with Don after racing with Wolfgang, after racing with Bruce Givis for a while, um, you know, then Don's like, we, we need to move up. We've got to move to the 410 class. And so we did that at Knoxville and we were horrible at the beginning. And, and I think that you go through that with any driver until you can feel them out. Um, and so it, it's, it's the driver has to get confidence in the car. The car owner and the mechanic has to have confidence in the driver and, and there's, there's always a communication factor. And so I always, I always try to explain to people, like, how do you communicate with a driver? And, and, and so I could tell you that, um, that guys, I race with Terry McCarl. He and I speak the same racing language, uh, for sure. Don and I speak the same racing language. Jake Peters and I, I, I raced with him for a while and I was speaking French and he was speaking Italian and we, <laughs> we could not could not communicate but he won a lot of races he's a great guy and an absolutely wonderful racer um um, billy billy learned i think how to communicate a little bit by racing with his dad you know uh, a a super great guy and 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 i think he hung around with like bobby richardson and ray lipsy and those guys and and they were kind of old school so that language was the same with me but then i got this i got this guy by the name of danny lasoski who speaks Polish and I speak German and, and, you know, so, so it's kind of overlaps, but, but to get back to today where we're, where I'm racing with Dawn, first of all, the non-wing and the wing are completely different animals and it's a completely new learning curve. And I think to me, that's why it's fun. It's because it's a challenge, you know? And, uh, I know if I go to a wing race, I might be going to a gunfight with a knife, you know, and that's just no fun. But if I go to a non-wing race, I'm going to a knife fight with a knife, you know? Um, and so our communication and trust level is really, really good. Um, it's obviously you don't want to crash in a, you don't want to crash at anything. I mean, uh, even Jack Dover took a wild ride and thank God he's okay this weekend, but you don't want to crash an Oscar in a non-wing car. And I understand that. And so, you know, you, I guess what I've learned uh, and, and it just goes back just to this weekend. It's like, you cannot spook your driver in hot laps. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's really yeah. what it boils down to. <laughs> it kind of sets mean, the it, tone, doesn't it? It sets the tone for the whole night. And, and the way those cars work and the way the tracks normally go, you know, you don't want to be too tight and then have to loosen up for the heat race and then be chasing something. You don't know where you're at, you know, throughout the whole night. So it's best to be super, super conservative um, and then, and then if you're too loose on the entry or if you don't have, if you're, if you're rotating too much in the center or if you're, you know, if you're too free on the exit, those are easy things to fix. But, um, you know, I, fortunately, uh, like when Doug Wolfgang drove for me, he told me I needed to drive one of these things to really understand how they work. And that was probably one of the best and worst things I ever did, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but it, ge- it gives you a huge respect and uh, for anybody that drives a race car. And um, there's a lot of mechanics out there who think they know what they're doing. 
and um, they just they just tighten up, tighten up, tighten up. And if they've never driven a too tight sprint car, they don't they they need to. You know, it would change their perspective greatly. Well, I think I can relate. I drove I drove last year, two years ago, in the Kenny Wallace Driving School out at IE Speedway on a very governored uh, uh, sprint car. So I, I think I completely understand what you're talking about. Not really, but yeah, uh, Brad's our resident driver here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it, it could be worse. There's there's worse ones than Brad. Believe me, I've I've seen a few of them. That that was a great experience. It gave me everything I needed and and not enough to kill myself. So that was a good experience. But anyway. Yep. <laughs> yeah, good. Good that you did that. I mean, because it is. It's not. It's not like people think. It's just not. It's just not easy. It's just not. It, it takes a special kind of cat to wheel one of those things around there. And then you know, like for me, when I well, when I rode along in my car, I mean, I wasn't really driving it. I was just <laughs> holding the gas down as best I could and just letting it go where it would. But. That was fine with me, but man, when you put eight or twenty other idiots out there on the racetrack, I, I to me that's just no fun. Well, that's what like, I thought. I was I was just I mean I was flat uh, flat out run, I'm going as fast as that car would go, and it was not very fast. But after I was done, I was like, damn! I didn't even look around. I was looking straight ahead the whole time because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't want to crash. I didn't even look around and enjoy the ride. And <laughs> and and I'm like I was by myself. What do these guys do? three times faster than what I was going with 20 other dipsticks on the track. I, I it, it just amazes me that they can do that. Let's be honest. Yeah. It was 10 times faster than you were going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was, full, I was, I was uh, pegging out the rev limiter uh, at the flag stand. So, well, that's good. Anyway, but, yeah, let's, it's, let's a whole different, it's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different story when everybody else is on the racetrack for sure. And, and that's what separates the really good drivers you know, the really good drivers from, from the ones who aren't as good, you know, and, and that's just life. I mean, they're not, everybody's going to be Michael Jordan and, and not everybody's going to be Ayrton Senna, you know? And, and, and so not everybody's going to be Joe Montana. And there's a few guys that are. And, and, and I think sometimes I think as you, so as we, as we gain experience and we get older, I think what it teaches us is that, and, and this is what a lot of young people could learn, whether they're mechanics or whether they are uh, drivers, is that uh, it's way easier to mess it up than it is to get it right. And so sometimes it's better to just finish the race and learn than, you know, I mean, that's our motto. It's win or learn, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's better to just finish the race and learn. Tearing your stuff up is not going to you're not going to teach yourself anything other than how to go broke quick. And so as we get older, what we, we know when the opportunities are going to present themselves. And if they don't, I mean, if, if, if you're at a, if you're at a world outlaw race and you draw a late number and you don't qualify great and you have to start behind David Gravel and Donnie Schatz and Brian Brown and Kerry Madsen and Ian Madsen and Sheldon Hogschild, you're probably not going to drive by those guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, so, so, so your night is done. And sometimes that's just how it goes. And sometimes that, you know, um, you know, sometimes we, you just have to eat your shit sandwich and, and go on to the next race. And if you're racing with the world outlaws, that's a lot of shit sandwiches you got to eat, you know, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. People, a lot of people have said that. Yep. Um, but you know, I wish, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be fun to, to be able to go, to go do stuff like that more, but, 
you know, uh, for us, we're, we're having fun doing what we're doing and we're enjoying it. We're having a little bit of success, which is great. And, and hopefully, you know, we try really hard to, to race clean with people and, 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 you know, have respectable racing and, and still put on a good show. And, and I think it was a really good show the other night, both, both the, the 360 and the non-wing was a good show. Yeah, it definitely was. You know, Mark, um, first of all, thanks for saying the kind things about my dad. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, one of the other things I always wondered, you know, when I saw you guys racing and it's not, not necessarily, I see it, but I can kind of see the posts on social media and that you're having fun again. Did you ever get kind of point where it's like, you know, maybe it just wasn't worth all the, all the headache, but it seems like you guys are just out there having fun. It's not intense. Um, like you said before, you, you kind of just taking what's coming and enjoying the ride. Is that something that just has come, you know, from all these years or is it just a different attitude? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think we just try and cover up the intensity more and just pretend like we're having fun. <laughs> so, uh, I guarantee you, uh, Sunday night, the intensity level was extremely high. Um, but I think as we get older, we, we learn to deal with it better. And, and I, I think that's one of the advantages, um, you know, from, from being in those, for having those experiences, you know, I think that's one of the things I really learned with Danny Lasoski was that it's just another race, you know? Yeah. And I really got to get to where I could be more calm. You know, I, I mean, back in the day, I was like, you know, I w- obviously I would get extremely worked up about racing and, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it's like, well, I don't, Donnie Schatz isn't nervous. Why the hell should I be nervous? You know, I mean, there's no reason really to, to get all worked up the point. So controlling your emotions is, is a, is a huge advantage, whether you're a driver or a pit crew person, you know, or a, or a car chief or a, or a car owner. So having the a little bit of maturity to be able to do that. I think it does help you have a little bit more fun, but, um, you know, on the, on the, on the backside of it, uh, I, I don't, I, I think anybody who's done this and has success of it and had success, uh, I, I guarantee you Daniel Sosky wants to win as bad as anybody right now today. Uh, and, and he would Doug Wolfgang the same way. Uh, you know, I, and, and Dawn's the same way. I, I mean, I want to win as bad as anything. I'm just maybe just a little bit more, more mature about accepting the facts when you don't win and understanding that a lot of times, 90% of the time racing circumstantial, you know, and, um, and, and so sometimes it's now it's a little easier to just take a deep breath and, and accept things as they come. And, and, uh, like I said earlier, uh, take advantage of the opportunities when they do present themselves. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and obviously, like, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't uh, obviously take that. You know, it was, it was nice here. You can't take that winning attitude out of you guys. So it's good to see that you guys are still, um, you know, going after pretty hard after all these years. Yeah, I, I think, uh, um, I think we're work we're, we're working, you know, super hard. Um, but we do all that work at the shop and that way when we show up, um, at the racetrack, you know, we, we can enjoy, we can enjoy being there and, and, and try to have a little fun. So, yeah, 
Like it, 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 a positive attitude always helps in, in anything. And, um, you know, I, I, there's no, there's not too much negativity in, in our camp for sure. I've got two little questions that are short answers. Really? Uh, are you in Knoxville right now? Or are you back here in Lincoln? Lincoln. Okay. So, I, so ye- uh, yesterday, I think it was, you texted you, you could use some of the leftover barbecue from uh flagman number two. Yeah, well, just flag man number one. I don't know. I uh, he, he is number one now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. did you ever get that barbecue? No, oh. no, I did not. Nope. Okay, my final. Go ahead. I got an invitation. I got an invitation, but it was for Sunday at five, and I'm like, well, I'm kind of busy. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit busy winning races. All right. Yeah. My final question is, who has the belt? Oh, it's in the trailer right now, but. Uh, I just want the money. I don't care about the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true car owner. That, that's got to be one of the yeah. coolest trophies out there. And I know there's a lot of other people that have kind of kind of yeah. copied Terry McCarl now, but uh, that's still one of the coolest trophies out there. Yeah, Terry told me that the coolest trophy I ever had was the was the king of the 360s that he won. And uh, and he said, well, now my trophy is the second coolest trophy. He says, he says the belt is by far the coolest. And I go, well, yeah. <laughs> I said, you're right, Terry. Uh, I said, this is a, this is the coolest. And I said, you'll always be second place in my heart anyway. So. <laughs> Shots fired. No, awesome. I, 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 I pick on him, but uh, I'm really thankful to him and Lori and his family for the hard work that they put into that race and getting the sponsors and country builders and Sage Fruit, uh, all the push truck drivers, all the, the PR people, the camera people, the, you know, I mean, I think they had more people up there in the front in the front stretch taking pictures than they had race cars in the in the non-wing <laughs> class. So I, I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> I tell you, it was uh, it was just really nice. It was really a lot of fun, and it's a great event. And I know it's really hard right now with with the economy and the COVID and the. I mean, it's just uh, really tough. So um, I'm just thankful uh, that, that we have opportunity to go do what we love to do and have some success at it. And, you know, because who knows, I mean, I mean, next week we may not, have, you know, we may not ever race again. Who knows? I don't know. You know? So yeah, we just try and got it. We try to do our best every time we have the opportunity and, and we, we try to be thankful uh, and, and count our blessings every time we, we get to have some success. And, and even some nights are, you know, we're just blessed to, to roll a car in a trailer and, and, and live to fight another day. You know, yeah, definitely. Well, with that being said, I want to thank you for jumping on with us. Uh, congratulations on the win. We hope you it's not the last one this year. Hopefully, you guys can park it in Victory Lane a few more times before the season's over. And uh, yeah, just thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, that that'd be great. And and I just I just want to throw one last thing at the end, if you don't mind. Yeah, go sure. for it. I, I uh, uh, we lost another great member of our racing community Sunday. Uh, Wayne Lewis, absolutely. Uh, you know, Lewis automotive, he was, you know, a hero of mine. He's in the Nebraska auto racing hall of fame. Um, but that guy taught me everything about building engines and, and he bent over backwards to help me when I first started racing and we just became super great friends, uh, you know, over the time. And, uh, I, I just, I'm really going to miss him, but I, I'll tell you, uh, he's helped so many racers, put stuff together. Like I saw a post by Jim Schumann, you know, it just really couldn't have said it any better. Um, just a super great guy. Once you got to know him, if you could get past his dogs, 
you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and somehow I got to be one of those people that his dogs like. So I guess if his dogs like me, then he liked me. I wasn't sure how that worked, but <laughs> if you if you could pass the dog test, I guess you then you could maybe get inside a Wayne's world a little bit. And no pun intended there, but I mean, the guy was just one of those ultra smart people who knew how to make things work. Um, you know, way before there was high tech stuff, he figured out ways to make less drag in those engines and, and how to make more horsepower and what, where to put the cams in and what cams to run. And, um, I mean, he was just way ahead of his time in the sprint car stuff. And it showed when, like when Ray Lipsy had his motors and I think maybe Jim Riggins had some of his motors and, um, you know, I know Don Droud senior had some of his motors and, um, uh, I mean, he, he really, really was a legend and I was just super proud to have him as a friend. Absolutely. A true yep. racing legend. Yep. Another one, you know, yeah. another one, just, 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 um, just, uh, it's, it's it's great that we have the Nebraska Hall of uh, Hall of Fame, uh, Auto Racing Hall of Fame, to to keep the memories of those kind of people like that with us and and to preserve that stuff and and it's a really important uh, organization and um, you know I'm, um, I'm thankful that that something like that exists because um, we don't want we don't want people rewriting the history books of racing that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you mentioned that it's, it's a good place to, for me. I mean, I'm relatively new to the sport, so I mean, it's it's a history lesson for me. So it's great. It's, yeah. it's around. Super. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Thanks for jumping on. And uh, we hope to see you in Victor Lane here soon. Okay. Next time, uh, next time you'll have to get me on. We'll have to talk about the Team Jack Foundation. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Sure. We'll do that. And, uh, and everything that we're doing and, and their, their gala comes up in February. Uh, hopefully we'll get to have that, but we've got some really cool stuff with, with, uh, David Gravel, Parker Price, Miller, Reese Saldana, uh, Brady Bacon's going to have a helmet. Um, Dawn has a helmet and, uh, I know there's a couple of uniforms out there too. And I think last year just between, uh, oh, and Paul McMahon as well. So Paul and David, we raised over $10,000 for the foundation last year. Holy cow. Uh, obviously. Awesome. You guys all know who Jack Hoffman is, yeah. and I'm sure you've probably seen his his dad, his dad. Andy, who, who oh. is 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 struggling right now, yeah. and 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 so our thoughts and prayers go out to them, and um, um, we're just really really trying our best to help you know raise some awareness and and to help raise some more money for cancer research, and um, but I, I I appreciate having the opportunity to talk about that stuff too. Yeah, so, definitely. Thank you. We'll get yeah. you on before that before that gala, and uh, yeah, okay. you can give us a rundown on that. So yeah, uh, it'd be great. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks, thanks, yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. Have a great night. All right, so that was Mark Birch, man. Great storyteller. Oh shit, we could have kept going. There was uh, there was a. He's my accountant, and when I go sit in his office in March, we talked fifteen minutes accounting. And 45 minutes of racing, and I just sit back and listen because it is amazing the knowledge that Mark Birch has. And and if he's not preaching Mar- uh, preaching knowledge, the, the the stories that he has is amazing. I could tell you so many stories that he's told me. He probably doesn't even remember some of the stories that he told me. But it's it's amazing sitting down with him and just just talking, talking about anything posing one question and then sitting back and listening just like you just experienced today uh just let him talk and and you just learn so much just from 
just from listening. You know, I Mark mentioned the Nebraska Racing Hall of Fame, and I, I'm just going to stump for him right now to be part of that because his the things he's done in sprint car racing around here are you know it has hit very high you know incredible heights in yeah. sprint car racing uh had some of the best drivers you know in the country running for him not just the midwest not just nebraska but you know guys like wolfgang guys like mccarl these are these are hall of famers in his ride and you know it goes back to the you know when we uh, got tyler courtney on you know how do we do that we asked and you know this is a guy who ain't afraid to ask and yep. he ain't afraid to just try things he ain't afraid to do things he ain't afraid to step out there and you know it's a real inspiration for all all the racers around here one thing I'm disappointed in, and I'm going to have to talk to him about, he mentioned two of the three drivers on the Mount Rushmore driving, uh, um, the, the, of, of drivers, and Wolfgang, Kinzer, but no Sammy Swindell. I'm going to have to talk to him about that. Maybe Sammy wouldn't pick up the phone for him. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so speaking of Sammy, I was going to throw this out here later on. Oh. but So we got the, uh, the not nationals coming up. What if Sammy wins this one? And I'm not there feel? to see it. I will cry for a week. Well, he doesn't win the Nationals again, and then he doesn't have another <laughs> opportunity to win it. Hey, uh, he's he's won for however many. So, um, hell, I'm just happy if he wins, makes the A feature anymore. The guy still has it. He's competitive. Uh, the new paint scheme looks awesome when they reveal it on what I don't even know what day he qualifies, but I would be ecstatic. You're going to hear me scream and holler and hoot at my TV all the way from. Lincoln, Nebraska. And I'm a little disappointed you didn't say anything about my shirt. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> I saw it wearing a light blue Sammy Swindell t-shirt. But yep. it's it's the it's a Kodiak car, is it on the no, back? No, it's the one he ran last year for Nationals. Oh, but it's a Kodiak scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, great car. I'm surprised you even own a Sammy shirt. It was in the bargain bin. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Well, uh, my whole closet's Sammy. I could wear Sammy shirts for a month and not have the same one on. Yeah. Oh, and it goes quiet. What did, yeah. What was that all about? I got, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to get nothing from me, man. All right, let's roll on and move on. Uh, let's try to get Shane Stewart on the horn. Uh, I gave him a little text message, heads up, but I haven't heard anything, so we're just going to bum him with the phone call and see what happens. Join us this Saturday night at Eagle Raceway for another exciting week of IMCA Weekly Racing Action as Great Clips and Colby Ridge present the Junior Fan Club Salute. Five big classes of IMCA Weekly Racing featuring ATV Motorsports IMCA Sport Compacts, Valentino's IMCA Hobby Stocks, Coors Light IMCA Sport Mods, Nebraska Lottery IMCA Modifieds, and to top it all off, the Duro's Dent Works IMCA Race Saver Sprint Cars. Hot laps at 5.30, racing at 6.30, Eagle Raceway, one badass racetrack. All right, while we're waiting on Shane, uh, let's talk race results. I mean, it's Kyle Larson winning the Outlaws. So. Yeah, what is that? I had this up. What is that? How many wins does that have? Oh, 22 wins, 29 total wins between us, New Zealand, Australia, sprint car midgets and everything, but... 22 wins in the United States of America in a sprint car. That's impressive considering he started out in NASCAR. It sure is. I mean, it's definitely fun to watch him. All the Na- uh, Kyle Larson haters out there on Facebook and kiss a dick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, other new, uh, Christopher Bell will be the new driver for uh, at Joe Gibbs Racing next year. So he's picking up that ride. So good to see yeah. the uh, open wheeler moving up. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, – 
the shortened race over there at US 36. Our, our buddy Stu Snyder picked up that victory. He inherited the win um, because of the race getting shortened. So, According to IBRacing.com, that's six wins on the year for Stu Snyder. So that's a, that's a really good year for good him. Year. Yeah, and speaking of moving up on the uh, old win chart, uh, Bob – Bob up in uh, Bob Dvorak. Yeah, up in uh, uh, Stewart, man. He's he's moving on up. We keep talking about having him on here to uh, talk about Stewart Raceway. Uh, I think that we need to do that. Uh, we'll have to figure out if anybody owns a phone up there around Stewart and where we can <laughs> <laughs> dial him in, and uh, he can give us a little idea about what happens up there in Stewart Speedway in Stewart, Nebraska. Because hell, even if they have twelve, fifteen cars, uh, that's that's. Imp- I think he's about the only winner as far as I've seen the results. Yeah, I think so this year. So he's three mean- for three. So I think we need to dial him up uh, maybe in the next episode or two and just uh, just chat with him and see what he's got to say. Yeah, I mean we, we we're plugging that Stewart Speedway a lot on this on this show here. So. Uh- like I, like I mentioned, Jason, last week, yeah. uh, if it was any other normal time, I think all three of us would hop in the car and make a road trip up there and check that place out. Hell, I thought it looked pretty cool when I stopped by on a, I don't even know what day I saw it, a Saturday afternoon. It was it looked really cool. So it looked like a fun place. Like, everybody's there to just have some fun. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think we maybe ought to try that and see if uh, how that works out. Yeah, it's somewhere. It, it's kind of on my, a little bit of my bucket list of tracks. For all the years I've been racing, it's like, oh, I've never been to Stewart. Yeah, so it's like it's it's one of those like you just got to go to say you've been there. Wow, so, I guess my bucket list is different. I'm talking Eldora, um, well, that's Port Royal, I-55. I'm not Stewart's not on the top of my. <laughs> I've I've always had a low key goal to hit every racetrack in the state. Yes, I, I, there you I go. think it would be cool to go. visit every racetrack in your state. But yeah, definitely, you know. Eldora is on my bucket list. Yeah. I knocked one off a couple years ago when I hit Williams Grove. Oh, absolutely. Um, Tulare is now on my bucket list after seeing some of the office awesome races there. I drove right by it when I went to Hanford last year, but unfortunately there was no races that night, and I had to go to Hanford. <laughs> yeah, making a trip through um, Indiana Speed Week. Yeah, Indiana Sprint Week would be fun. Midget Week. Yeah, definitely. definitely worth going. I always have a goal every year of, of going to a new track every year. And, of course, with COVID this year, I've only been to two races. It's going to be hard to hit that this year. But uh, I'll try to pick it up again next year. So other than that, I think that's about other than Eagle and uh, um, uh, US 30, that's about the only two uh, feature winners this year, uh, this weekend from uh, Nebraska, isn't it? I think so. I think so. We talked yeah. about the Dover crash. Uh, I don't know. We're running out of things to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we're an hour in, so I, I guess uh, we'll hang out a little bit and see if Shane gives us a call back. If not, you know, it is Nationals week or not Nationals week. So I, I guess, you know, let's ask that question. All right, so the winner of this one. I mean, obviously it's not the Knoxville Nationals, but you're going to be best on best. Top drivers of the country going to be there just like that. How big of a win? And I, you know, this might sound. I think about asking Shane. How big of a win is that? I mean, it's it's going to be a historic event, you know, one and only, the one and only, and it's going to be framed in a you know a big part of history. Is it is it something that you know when someone wins that? Do you think there's going to be the same emotion? You know, quarter of the fans. I think there will be the same emotion just because I mean it's fifty grand to win. It is Knoxville. It's that time of year. Yeah. But at the same time, it's always going to have that little asterisk right by it. It wasn't the Nationals. Yeah. And the, yeah. I, I think it's going to be pretty emotional and so forth because of the money um, and because it's Knoxville. But I don't – I mean, I don't think that it's going to be – I have a hard time believing there's going to be very many fans there. Uh, seeing the, the 360 Nationals, 
boy, I, I can't believe they made a whole lot of money on that that race. Uh, I my daughter's going over, and every all of her friends, the the kids are going, but the parents are staying home because uh, mm-hmm. parents are smart. Yeah, I I just think that uh, the motion's going to be there because it's fifty thousand. They're going to have it. Uh, they're going to be pretty emotional. They're going to be excited. Uh, it, it, I just don't see it as I, I saw that the world of outlaw PR today was saying that even if Kyle Larson wins this race, he's going to consider it a Knoxville nationals win. That's just like a couple of years ago when somebody won three of the four silver crown nationals and then they declared him the four crown national champion. I think it was Kyle Larson. I think yeah. it was, it, 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 it's not the four crown nationals. He won three races. So how can that be the four crown nationals? Just it's not the Knoxville Nationals, so you can't be the Knoxville National champion if it's not the Knoxville Nationals. You're a champion, and you done it. You obviously won a uh, won a great race and uh, enjoy it, but it's not the Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, I don't know if you can. You know, I and I guess that's how I see. It. Is it? You know, let's go back a few years. The remember the historical big one. Was yeah. it the, the HBO? HBO, yep. one million, you know, or the oh, Mopar, yeah. Million. Yeah, the Mopar Million. We got that too. Those kind of races that didn't have a real long life to them, you know, are those things that are, are feathers in the cap in the end, you know, when we look at it. And does it, you know, does it just kind of start fading back into another race or another? Well, yeah. Well, it made a whole lot of money that day. But does it, I, I guess, you know, will people forget? Yeah. Well, not many people talk about the twelve hundred pound nationals anymore, and yeah. that that was a big, big time, big race at the time. Absolutely, um, but it was like a four or five year deal, and then it, it went by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this is a one and done deal, but uh, I mean it, it's going to be a great race. I mean, celebrate, do all the stuff you would normally do. But um, if Brian Rip Brown wins this race, he's not going to go by beers at dingus all night long because it's just going to be another race it's a fifty thousand dollar race but it's not the knoxville nationals and so uh, uh i just don't it's just not the same uh all of my friends that go to knoxville for the knoxville nationals they're staying home i'm staying home uh if it was the knoxville nationals we'd be there but yeah, we'd uh, be there we would like to think so anyway but uh um, but I don't want to take anything away from this race because it's going to be a great race there's 68 drivers yeah, something like that. Yeah. 68, 68 drivers, drivers going. Um, it's going to be the best of the best. It's going to be a great race. Um, hopefully there's a great atmosphere. I, I just – and celebrate, and, and you you deserve it if you win it. But don't call yourself the Knoxville National Champion because you're not. And that that's what I always worried about when they scheduled this. It's like, does it almost diminish the race? It's it's Knoxville, but it ain't Knoxville. It's like, could you have just done it, you know, a week later? Let you know left left that day dark like in yeah. memoriam or something yeah. like that. But but in its place we're going to do this. And I know you've got people you know whether you have people with vacation plans or whatnot. But you just want to say it, it just almost. God, I don't want to say I don't want to use the word cheapen, but it it almost just kind of diminishes this. That yeah, well, you raced on that week of August and it paid fifty grand. But yeah, it just it just wasn't. You know the selfish race fan in me wants to see somebody who's won the nationals already win this race. Mm. Just so we don't have that argument. That's a good point. And I mean, I'm, I'm, making I'm sorry. Say that again. I want to. The selfish race fan in me wants to see somebody who has already won the nationals: David Gravel, Donnie Schatz, Tim Schaefer, Steve Kinzer, win this race. So that way we don't have that argument. Well, is it the nationals? Is it not the nationals? And like I was yeah. joking with you, if Sammy wins this race and doesn't have an opportunity to win another nationals, I mean, yeah, you want to You won this race, but you can't. 
win the hey, big race. You know what I just thought of? If he wins this race, it's the Nationals. He'll tie Brian Brown for 51 wins. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. Go, wins. Sammy. Change directions while we're filling time. Yeah, what's what's the plan for the weekend, guys? What are you guys doing? If, and this is a big if, if I get my car back, I'm going to Eagle on Saturday night. But other than that, I'm staying home and watching Knoxville. My plan now is to stay home and watch Knoxville. Um, I plan on going to Eagle the following week, but... Um, with the Knox, with the Knox, it, it's a big race. It's it big enough for me to watch it and to stay home and, and kind of make time for it. I, I said this last year, and I always, and you know, I, I don't believe it this year because all the COVID, everybody's got to kind of do their thing. But I said this last year, I said, you know, I always thought that like the Knoxville Nationals should be kind of a, a sprint car holiday. And in other words, no, no sprint car racing on Nationals weekend. And it was, it's like that, you know. I and like when we worked at Eagle, we we took the took the you, weekend. You were off. dark that weekend, and we were dark, and and we did it, you know, for two reasons. One, it, it's Knoxville. I mean, half of our guys wanted to go. Yeah. And the other side of it was we needed a break. You run all these races, you know, just everybody was sick of looking at each other, and go to Knoxville, kind of all bond again, yeah. and finish out the rest of the season. We're all getting along together. But I've just always thought, you know what, everybody just needs to go dark for Knoxville. I, I I've just thought it was just kind of. Kind of a you know a crappy thing to do to be racing against Knox. Oh hey, what are we doing? Yeah, you run three hundred fives here in backwater wherever, but we'll let them go Knoxville. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, oh, this is me. I did buy the Dirt Vision package for the month so I can watch all these races. So I might as well use it. Yeah, I'll probably do the same thing. Watch it on on Dirt Vision or or the internet, but uh, I'm not really sure when my next race is. Uh, um, with COVID and so forth. Um, Dervision's my buddy right now, so we'll we'll just have to see how this thing's progressing. And I might talk myself into going out to the Eagle, the Outlaw Race at I eighty Speedway at the end of the month, but uh, uh, we'll see. If there's seven or eight thousand people out there, I don't know that I want to be out there, but uh, we'll see. Just break out the old camera, come out and hang out with us. Hey, I wear a mask every all the time, so I'm not I'm not afraid to. It just I don't know if I want to. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, and you know, speaking of I eighty, I know that the uh, Speedy Bill, uh, oh yeah, Speedy Bill race that was scheduled um, has been postponed. Uh, Speedway pulled the spot or not pulled it, but you know, just declined to. It's usually a big event for Speedway employees and their families, and just because of all the COVID issues and all that, they just didn't want to take that risk. So yeah, I mean, coming back next year. Yep. So it's just. It's a it's an event that you know. I always hate to see one less event on the calendar, but that's where we're at. There's just no need to take some unnecessary risk to bring out all the families and all the kids and, and all the logistics. Of yeah, it, especially now it just. But um, you know, one thing that uh, it surprises me is all these races that the Outlaws and the All Stars and have been run all across the country. We haven't heard of one driver or crew chief or or person being in getting tested positive for covid now whether that means they're not testing they don't care or whatever i don't know but you would think that a prominent driver by now would have tested positive for covid right, let me okay i'm gonna go way off you know here a little bit but not not too crazy because all right we talked you know we're talking about you know college football season obviously big 10 pac 12 uh delayed things till spring 
I always wondered this. All right, we've seen races on, you know, whether we're watching them on the internet, we're seeing some grandstands. Some are full, some are packed to the gills. Houston's. Yeah. You know, Pennsylvania, yeah, we, you know, they were packed. I always, and I'm a big fan, okay, I'm a big fan of being outside. I think being outside, it's showing that being outside helps mitigate some of this transmission. Yes. Okay, so my question was this. What if, you know, when we were doing all this, I really wish that we could have a very clear study and people who were in the stands were willing to be honest, willing to be forthright and say, okay, either if I tested for COVID, yeah, where was I? All right, I was at Eagle. All right, anybody else who tested, were you at Eagle? Were you at Pennsylvania? Were you wherever you were, were you at X, Y, or Z track? Where were you? Because I really wonder if being if there isn't the transmission that goes on outside that they found, you know, that happen, that's happening inside, the things that, you know, force the mask right. mandates, things like that, that if spreading that thing out, being outside. And I just, you know, it's such a niche sport, you can't, it's hard to measure that. And it'd obviously be hard to find willing participants to say, yeah, here's where it was. Yeah. But I just thought, you know, if, if we were armed with that kind of information, would some of the decisions, especially the ones made today, be different? Right. Well, that's my privacy you're trying to infringe on. Well, I don't need to tell it. you it's where like, I'm at. And that's my problem. And But it's like for the good of the sport. Because I guarantee you there's a lot of college football fans at the racetrack. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you there's a lot of baseball fans at the racetrack. There's track. a lot of hockey fans at the racetrack. That's there's right. A lot of, there's a lot of other sport fans at the racetrack. And, 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 and part of it is we don't have contract contact tracing either. But it would just be, I think there would have been a great opportunity by these health departments that are green lighting these events to say, you know what, but we want to find out if. And if it isn't, it would arm them to say, you know what, it's all right. We can open some of these things up. We can let these things go. Look, if you keep everybody outside, you know, close the pavilions, close these things, we can let you go on with the show. Could we put yeah. more people in Knoxville? Could we have done something along those lines? That That's, sounds like it's all above my pay grade. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that, that's my rant of the night. And I don't want to think we – I don't think we want to alienate the other side of the fence from our, our fan base either. Um, if, if you guys are comfortable with going to the races, go to the races. If you guys are comfortable with hanging out in the pits or the stands, do it. Um, um, and, and, and enjoy yourself. But uh, um, but there's us, us with reservations, and, and we're going to hold out for a little bit longer and see how things play out. You know, I always said that, you know, I'm not worried about me catching it. I just don't want to be that asshole that has it, don't know, and give it to some grandma in the grocery store. Yeah, and that, that's always been my thing. And, I mean, we're, you know, I've got my son in school, but they are they're pretty locked down. I mean, if they aren't outside or guaranteed six feet apart, it's, it's mask on wherever they're at. Yeah. And they're really trying to limit a lot of the interactions. Uh, fortunate they get a lot of room to move around in and spread them out, but... That's what I always worry about, too. I don't want to give it to the teachers. I don't want to give it to, like you said, the grandma yeah. or the cancer patient or somebody. Or I don't want to give it to the guy that can't afford the hospital bill. You know, we talk about survival. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And, frankly, I don't want it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't want it, but, I, I mean, I, the I just don't want to be the favor. Yeah, ours are in our favor that we're not going to get it. But. You know, heaven forbid, I have it and I don't know about it, and I'm in the grocery line, and you know, yep. 
Brittany's mom's next to me, and she gets it, and something yeah. terrible happens. So I mean, right now, I hate it, and I and I really want to get this spread down because I can't go see my 84-year-old father-in-law. Yeah. Who's on breathing treatments and, you know, has to take a break walking to the shop. Jordan well, can't have overnight stays with Grandma. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's my, niece is, my niece is getting married Saturday in Grand Island, which is a hot spot, uh, partly, partly because they quit – um, quit reporting everything, yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, it's a hot spot. Um, I don't know anybody on his side of the family. Uh, I, I, I don't know that I'm going because I don't want to be in a church with tw- 200 people that I don't know. And But uh, uh, anyway, I think we need to change it to... to yeah, I hate to go down that road, <laughs> but I just thought, you know, while we're... Well, I think we're getting, it uh, is we're getting it big is. time by Shane Stewart again. Uh, so. No, nah, I wouldn't say ah. we're big time. Like like he said, when I messaged him about coming on, he's he's like, give me a heads up. It's a busy week. Obviously, it's a busy week. Big race coming up. They're preparing two cars because not only is he running that 19 car, but that 71 car is also running, so... Like I said, he's probably busy, you know, prepping cars, which I don't blame him. You know, Fifty grand on the line, you want your best opportunity to win that that money, especially with hard times that we're in right now. So I'm really anxious to see that Blue Max car on a track. Me too. It's I one thing to see it. a picture of, but I want to see it on a track. There's something about uh, the the car that's painted and then the aluminum wings. I I love it. Uh, yeah. Cap Henry had that a, a last year. And he went through a couple crashes, and so they quit painting the wings, and it turned out to be a black car with a aluminum wing and i just thought that was beautiful so i can't wait to see the 19 blue max car from uh, from yesteryear is it john or josh schneiderman the old max rogers you know it, the, and i didn't know kind of what it was i saw like oh man it looks like the old max rogers car and then they interviewed him it was like yeah, i was a tribute to max rogers and it's like man that that was something else and i, I we went to when we uh bought cars from max rogers all right we went out to a shop out by cedar rapids and or Cedar Falls, and that was one of them. Cedar something in Iowa. It was a long trip. They're all Cedars in yes. Iowa. <laughs> and um, but it was great because these cars, you know, Wolfgang was driving. They were in a barn, and I, when I'm talking barn, I'm talking like barn with you know, kind of a little bit of a hole in the roof. It'd be raining on one side, but it was just fantastic to go in. You know, oh here's Max Rogers, all these cars that he's fielded, and here they are sitting in a, a literal barn yeah. on the hay. Yeah. So it, but it was cool. Max was it was super nice guy. Um, Call him up anytime. Just talk. He he'd be in your area around the track and just come just come to say hi. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, with that being said, I I know when Shane Rain wins this race coming up, he will call us, and we'll have him on as the victor of the uh, Knottsville Nationals. So uh, I, <laughs> you know, so. honestly, I mean, I think he's got as good a shot as anybody. I mean, I was kind of excited to have him on there because you see how he's been running lately. I mean, no, isn't Kyle Larson entered? Yeah, but okay. that's all. That's all. That's all. I who? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, he didn't win them all. Just ask nope. Dan Dietrich. Yeah, who won Friday night at I fifty five? It wasn't Larson. Yeah. Didn't pay as much. <laughs> so, so young money only shows up when the money's on the line. So, with that being said, uh, thanks for sticking with us. It's another long episode, but hey, what else are we gonna do? So, uh, we'll catch you all on the flip side. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Good night.